0: And bring your song, and God's done great things, and He's not done. Let the sound of heaven come and flood the earth. Let the saints rise up as your glory fills the church. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. So today we're going to be looking at Luke 9, verses 1 through 6, and we're going to add verse 10, and uh, I'm going to invite you to stand as we uh, read God's word together. Luke 9, verses 1 through 6, and then 10. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick he told them take no take nothing for the journey no staff no bag no bread no money no extra tunic whatever house you enter and stay there until you leave that town if people do not welcome you shake the dust off your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them so they set out and went from village to village preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere and when the apostles returned They reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. This is a word of God to us today. You may be seated. If you would like this morning, you can follow along in the notes in the bulletin uh, as we walk through uh, this message. Well, when it comes to joining Jesus on his mission, we can be like someone who is always aiming but never firing. Always training, but never racing. Always studying, but never sharing what you have learned. Instead, we must see the good news of the kingdom of God as worth sharing. That we have received such amazing grace and mercy through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us and his resurrection. That we need to be released or empowered to give that good news away. As we've shared, the premise of this series is that Jesus is on a mission. He's on a grand adventure to redeem and restore human lives to the kingdom of his Father. And he's on a move in your neighborhood too. Neighborhood, as Pastor Greg illustrated last week through Sesame Street and through his message, is all about the relationships, the people in your neighborhood. Or the potential relationships we could have with just a little intentionality. For one uh, purpose, for our purpose, neighborhood is defined as any network of people to which you have regular access. So, what does that initially look like for here? One of our elders uh, regularly takes a morning walk. She lives in our neighborhood just across the way from SPD. But after our leadership discussion on Tuesday night about engaging our neighborhood for Jesus, she decided that she's going to start taking her morning walk through Cashins Field apartment complex and pray for the folks there. While doing that this past week, she connected with a gal who has visited our church and has been here before, and and she got a chance to talk with her for about a half hour about her experience with the church and encouraged her to come back and kind of try us out again. Just that missional pivot of changing where she walked made a difference in enabling her to cultivate a conversation with somebody. I was talking with uh, friends at the the church in Centerville and supporting their pastor, Sam, and and trying to help stir some thinking along these lines. And I asked the question, how many of you have a dog that you take for a walk? Let's show of hands, how many of you have a dog that you take for a walk? What I want you to see is your dog is now your missional partner for adventure. When you step outside with your dog for that walk, look up. Engage the people around you. See your, your dog as your buddy that's partnering with you on that adventure to go and cultivate relationships for Jesus' sake. Now, I know you love your dogs, and they're often our closest some of our closest friends, but you have an even closer friend. Jesus is with you on that adventure. He's promised to already be out there stirring hearts, moving in lives, drawing people to himself. The invitation for us is to go out there and join him on that adventure. And this does mean a change of mindset for us. Because, you know, uh, the mindset of most U.S. churches and church members is essentially, again, if we program it, people will come. Or if we, you know, have good potlucks, and we have really good potlucks when we have them, people will come. But the if you build it, they will come mentality doesn't always work now. We need to find ways to go to them. And the good news is Jesus does not give me or you a mission to do for him. Apart from him, Jesus is on a mission and he invites us to come with him. Not go for him, but but be with him and, and be where he is. He is already ahead of us and is beckoning us to join him where he is and in what he is doing. Greg Finke in his book, Joining Jesus on Mission, realized that Jesus was not sending him out to work for him. He was inviting him to come with him and to join in the work that he was already doing. And you can count on this. Jesus is already on the move, already doing the heavy lifting of preparing human hearts for good news, already working, already stirring, whispering, and sometimes shouting to people in all our neighborhoods. This new missional mindset means that we trust that Jesus is already at work in our neighborhoods doing the heavy lifting of ripening people for their next step towards the Father and his kingdom. So if we embrace this new mentality, we would wake up each day with questions like, what's Jesus already up to? Where is he at work in the lives of the people around me? And what are they almost ready for? Again, Jesus does not give you a mission for him to go out and work for him. He invites you to come on mission with him. The dynamic then is relational. We get to be with Jesus in what he is doing. And the importance of this again is that we cannot rely just on simply attracting people to religious services as wonderful as ours are because as a Jesus follower, we have to realize that we are on a mission field in the United States. Just as our partners, the Shock, serve in a different country and share Jesus in that space and place, we have our own mission field. And we need to cultivate relationships there in order to help stir people's hearts. Our workplaces, our schools, our homes, our neighborhoods are all spaces and places where we can cultivate relationships for Jesus through embodying his grace and his truth. Every Sunday, we as Christians, when we gather for worship around Jesus through his word and his sacrament, we're something profound. We're, we're gathering, we're connecting, we're, we're essentially going to the gas station and getting filled up spiritually. But if we never drive the car out of the gas station, what's the purpose? When we come to worship, we're filled by the spirit and the wonderful music we sing and the prayers that we pray, the word that we hear. It's also that we are filled up And prepared to then go out and to live missionally. You might think of it this way you are to come to church on Sunday, but then go and be the church on Monday. As writer Hugh Halter said, we're to gather, but we're also to go. And our mission and vision as a church really embodies this. We talk about how we invite people to discover, follow, love, and share Jesus. But we also have active words. And at the time, you know, we talked about 4G uh, networks and our our cell phones. Now there's 5G and it seems to be growing. But we talked about gathering, growing, giving, and going. These active words. You know, where where we invite people to discover Jesus by gathering for worship. We invite people to, to, to follow Jesus by growing together in smaller groups. We invite people to love Jesus by giving themselves in love for others. And we invite people to share Jesus by going out into the world to reflect the good news. Gathering for worship, but then going to share what we've learned and the ways we have grown. The question is, in what ways we might we be stalling or hesitating or waiting to engage and share and partner with Jesus on his mission? What is it that causes us maybe to, to put that off? It could be a sense that sharing Jesus is hard or difficult. We think about an evangelistic presentation that we're not ready to or prepared to give. But the good news is that this doesn't have to be hard or complicated. And as a result, we can stop stalling and start engaging. Because joining Jesus on his mission is primarily about taking on the simple mindset that we've talked about the last few weeks and putting simple practices into place in your daily life. Starting to pray for unbelieving, yet-to-be-believing people in your lives. Writing their names down. Praying for them daily. That God would create opportunity to connect with them and to share the good news. Going on prayer walks. At the 1030 service, one of our uh, folks shared about going on a prayer walk through uh, downtown Grass Valley and praying for um, you know the merchants there, the, the, the store owners. Right, one of our elders, again, went through for a prayer walk through Cashin's Field neighborhood. We can go for prayer walks and pray into what God is doing in those spaces and places. And here's the good news. We can recall that the first disciples were described as unschooled and ordinary men. They did not go to seminary. They did not receive another advanced degree. They didn't study for years on end before they engaged in God's mission. Rather, they just started. Because Jesus sent them out to carry out that mission, and they knew that Jesus was going to be with them on it. Where do we begin? We begin by simply loving our neighbors, putting the love of Jesus that we have received into our own lives through the grace and forgiveness of God into action in simple ways and simple acts and simple expressions of God's love. Instead of waiting till we read more and studied more, we need to go out and live it out. Because remember this truism. It's not what you know that will change the world, but what you do with what you know that will change the world. Which leads to another insight. Doing mission, being on mission with Jesus, accelerates our understanding of mission. Doing accelerates understanding. We learn by doing. I had two young guys in the car coming back from the men's retreat uh, last night, Matthew and Mark. And, you know, I just realized these are gospel kind of guys. I didn't put that together. Ooh, that's good. You had two, like, gospel writer kind of guys. Mm. So I got the young guys in my car, and we're driving back last night, 8.30, 9 o'clock, on the way back from the men's retreat. And, and it was talking about, you know, pastoring and learning. And, and I said, you know, I didn't learn how to be a pastor while learning Greek and being in those classes. I learned how to be a pastor when Beth and I were the apartment managers of Fuller Seminary's largest apartment complex of 96 units and people from all over the world in that melting pot that we called Koinonia. There, we learned to build relationships and help resolve conflicts and point people to the greater mission that we were preparing for. And that is what cultivated a readiness relationships and a readiness for pastoral ministry friends we learn by doing and that's what Jesus taught his disciples and here in the passage we see that Jesus's actions initiate his mission and that's the first point where there's going to be some subpoints. Jesus's action initiates his mission he first called the 12 together, and I love that. It, this is the huddle, friends. If you're watching football this afternoon, uh, they huddle, and then they go out and run the play, right? Jesus huddles his disciples together, much like we gather in our worship services, or better yet, in our growth groups, where there's smaller groups where we connect in fellowship, and we support and care for one another, and then we go out. But we can't forget the being called together first. It's critical that we gather together for worship, that we're nourished and encouraged in our faith through this time together, that we find those smaller groups that we can connect together and support one another. Being called to Jesus together is the first step and the first action we must take. But then the second step, it says Jesus gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. Jesus didn't say, hey, go out and get busy and do this thing on your own. Good luck. No, he said, I am sending you out, but I am going to be with you and I am going to give you power and authority to ultimately work through you. But what they needed to do was obey and go and trust him enough to step out on faith in the spaces and places that he was calling them to. The good news is we have been given power. The Greek word is dunamis here. It's our root word, background word for dynamite. We are given the explosive power of God in order to carry out the mission of God. As a Jeremy Camp song said, you know, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in me and lives in you. Friends, we have this explosive dynamite power within us that God has given us to be able to carry out his mission. He didn't say, hey, go, good luck, you're on your own. He said, I'm going to be out there with you, working in and through you, and I am giving you the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit to carry out this work. Friends, do not forget the one who is in you, who is alive and well and at work in your life and in the lives of those you're connecting with. But more fully, he gives us authority. He not only gives us power, but he gives us authority to carry out that work. And authority is basically the the given right to use that power. Okay, So we have been given his authority. Friends, do not forget that you are an emissary, an ambassador of the Most High God. He's given you his authority to go out and make the good news of Jesus known. And we've looked at words uh, in the Greek. Euangelion is, you know, the good news, spreading glad tidings. Uh, Corusso is this royal proclamation that something has occurred that's that's life-changing. And and the best way to get that word out in Jesus' day was a courier going and proclaiming that news in the public square. And while we have certainly increased technologies and ways and forms of getting the good news out, I still believe that the best way of sharing Jesus is mouth-to-mouth, word-to-word, you know, and, and sharing that in relational networks and ways. And friends, we've been uh, developing, discerning those, those ways that God is calling us to engage in his mission uh, as a church. Some of those spaces and places certainly encourage, um, include the apartment complex across the street. As many of you are aware, uh, folks moved in there uh, last February into early March. And we have uh, been engaged in connecting with folks there on a regular basis. Uh, We had a move-in team that helped people move in to their apartment complexes. We provided welcome bags, and our friends at SPD, uh, the painters, Patty who attends here, provided gift cards for SPD for every one of the members of the residents of the apartment complex. Um, We uh, did a root beer float outreach. Uh, we did something for Mother's Day. Raymond's giving me a thumbs up. Raymond loved the Root Beer Float outreach. That was his favorite, right, Raymond? Yeah, there you go. All right, buddy. Uh, we did something for Mother's Day, okay? And, we're, and, and now we're kind of like, okay, how do we best discern the needs of the folks in the apartment complex so that we could best meet those needs? And what resources do we have as a church? Ways we are uniquely equipped that could connect with the folks in the apartment complex. One of those things is going to be uh, on October 8th, right after worship. Uh, If you want to be a part of a team, we're going to walk across the street and extend invitations to our Harvest Festival that will be at the end of October. But just wanting to be gracious inviters uh, to that opportunity to share God's love and to welcome people on our campus. But it takes walking across the street, right, to extend that invitation. And that can feel like a risk, and that can feel hard. But what we need to remember is that while we are unschooled, ordinary people also, much like the first disciples, while we are schools, while we're somewhat, uh, you know, I used to see myself as a screw-up in high school. I didn't have a lot going for me until Jesus changed my life. He chooses to use you. He chooses to use people like me. He chose to use people like the disciples. Why? So that his power could be made perfect in weakness. So that he could get the glory and the honor for the work that was being done. That the glory wasn't going to us as the presenter, but Jesus shining through us. So we have seen that as a point of engagement. We see our, our local mission partners as people through whom we are, we are called to connect here and then go and serve various local missions that we hear about regularly. And we've discerned that Nevada Union High School is a particular place of mission and support. You might recall that last uh, Palm Sunday, instead of just waving palm branches like our kids often do, we had a coat drive here. And we brought in over 200, I think, coats that we gave away to the Nevada Union Clothes Closet and, and to uh, members of Cashin's Field Apartment Complex. Okay? That was putting the love of Jesus with skin on it. Okay? And that was reflecting love and care for the people there, concern for their practical needs, as well as spiritual needs. And when you do both of those things, people can see the love of Jesus Christ behind it. So what's the key here? It's just starting. It's going like the disciples went. It's being called together to go out to share and knowing that we have been given the power and authority of Jesus to be able to carry out his mission together. But we're also sent to proclaim this good news, to announce the presence of the kingdom of God. It's important that we do both, because if, if we just preach or share the, the good news of the kingdom, yeah, we're speaking to their spiritual needs, but people might wonder whether we really care about them holistically. If we go and we, we do practical acts of service, but we never share the good news of Jesus, a lot of groups can do that in our, in our community. What stands apart for us is we believe that it is the power and the love of Jesus that inspires us, and it is the power and love of Jesus that ultimately will shine through us, and that we have this message to repent, and that just simply means to turn away from those things that presently occupy our attention and turn towards Jesus to receive what he has to give repentance is yeah kind of a big word and and a lot of people as we talked about a few weeks ago might have that negative association and it's just about what not to do but repentance is this turning away to have this active engaged turning towards it's in order to receive the good gifts and be able to share those good gifts in some ways that we do that is simply simplifying things The second bigger point here is that Jesus' instructions simplify his mission. Notice what he says to the disciples who he sends out. He says, take nothing for the journey. Take nothing? Really? Stay there, he says, until you leave the town. And then he says, shake the dust off your feet when you leave, when they don't receive you, which we'll, we'll talk about here for a moment. Why would Jesus tell them to take nothing for the journey? I believe it's a call to dependency on him, to be able to fill and empower them, to complete the work he was giving them and not overly rely on things or stuff. I also believe it becomes a call to what I call reverse hospitality, where you actually go and receive from the people you're seeking to reach. If a neighbor who you're seeking to share the love of Jesus Christ with invites you over for dinner, it would be a good idea to say yes. And it would be a good idea to eat what's in front of you. If somebody invites you into their life, that becomes an opportunity to not only you know, receive, but to, but to then share Jesus through that interaction. It's not all about us as Christians having everything to bring to them. We bring Jesus, and we bring practical, need, practical care for their needs, but we need to connect with people with where they're at and be willing to receive just as we are seeking to give. We are to travel light, to not be encumbered by too many, you know, things, too many possessions, too many plans or purposes per se, but to practice a reverse hospitality where you travel lightly. A few weeks ago when I got to travel through uh, part of North Africa on mission with, um, with one of our mission partners, we were gone for two weeks and I fit everything into a backpack about this size for two weeks. I mean, I was rolling up my clothes and stuffing everything in I could, but I was able to travel light for those two weeks. Similarly, we're called to travel light to be able to move for Jesus. And we're to be able to stay in those spaces and places where we're invited into. Why? Because when you dwell there, when you, when you, when you remain present in one place, it reinforces your witness to Jesus. Okay? It reinforces and builds upon those relationships so as we continue to go back over to the apartment complex continue to reflect Christ's presence there it's going to reinforce our love and care for those people and and have a reinforced sense of relationship we don't want to just hop around so much as connect with people and and continue to go back but Jesus does also say that there are going to be times where we are rejected it's simply true And the shake your dust off the feet uh, principle was one that Jews practiced when they went through Gentile lands. And they were traveling through a Gentile land. Uh, They they wanted to shake the dust off because they they saw that as a sign of of kind of being encumbered or connected with uh, people that don't yet know God and foreign people. Well, this isn't about, you know, just a pronouncement of judgment. This is about thinking through who and how we're connected to, because one of the primary statements in Jesus' day was, may the dust of your rabbi fall on you. In other words, may, may, may Jesus, you know, be you be so connected for us to Jesus that that is what marks you. So we don't want to be so connected with the world and encumbered by the world that we are not free to go and to share about Jesus. No, we want to be so connected with Jesus and his teachings that that's what sticks to us and what sticks to other people when we go and connect with them. The third move in the passage is that, that Jesus' disciples carry out his mission. They go and they do it. They set out and went from village to village. And this is just simple obedience. They went and they shared the good news of Jesus in those spaces and places. If you want to move the slide forward there, Jeff. So going and sharing. And so it, this is just all about getting started. Okay going out and and getting started on mission. Don't wait. The hardest step is the first one. We know this to be true of any diet plan, any exercise regimen, any new rhythm of life. The first step is always the hardest. But when we take the first step missionally and when we start to pray for our unbelieving friends, we step out across the street, we step out with our dog into our neighborhood and talk to people, we can trust that Jesus is already there on the move, and we're joining him. We are called to preach the gospel. Friends, you have good news, and it is worth sharing. And please don't wait till people come here and hear a sermon from Pastor Greg or I. Go and share that good news yourself. You're equipped to do it. You've learned about it today. You've learned about it here on Sundays. You can go and share simply. That desire on God's part to be in relationship with people, acknowledge the brokenness that we have all experienced apart from him, and that he has done what is necessary through Jesus' death and resurrection to restore relationship with him. And friends, that is such good news. That news itself is healing. But the good news is Jesus does impart the power to heal. And the disciples were able to heal people. And we regularly have experiences where people experience healing in the life of our church. If you need healing today, I encourage you to meet with members of our worship prayer team that will be here after the service to pray with and for you. They've been trained to pray for people for healing Don't go home carrying that malady. Don't go home carrying that physical burden. Allow them to pray with and for you that God might release you from it. And then I love, the last part here, we'll close, is that they returned and they reported to Jesus what they had done. There was that gathering and there was that celebration. And friends, from my mindset, this is really what every worship service should be about. We gather for worship. We go out though into the community and we come back and we return and we report what Jesus has been doing. Friends, this is what your growth group should be doing. Take 10 minutes each time you meet. What has God been doing? What has Jesus been doing in your life since we last met? Check in on how God has been working in your life and what he has been doing because that is worth sharing and that's going to encourage the person that may feel like they haven't seen God at work in some way. And lastly, retreat and rest. It is so important. Getting away with the guys sitting by Lake Tahoe for a couple hours yesterday, uh, I was just uh, embraced by God. And there were a couple times I was praying through some difficult things. And just at that time, a boat came by and it caused the waves to just like pound the side of the shore and the bank. And it just was like God's love, you know, being just washing over me and renewing me and refreshing me. We have to get away if we're going to then reconnect with the purposes of God. Friends, I just want to invite you once again to enter into this adventure There's an opportunity for us to join Jesus on what he is doing. Followers of Christ are invited to invoke the same healing, creative power in what we do. We have the same message that Jesus gave to them to continue to share. But the problem is that sometimes we can be too complacent. We can be stalling and waiting for something to happen before we join Jesus on his adventure. I love that Finky quotes the prayer of Sir Francis Drake, the adventurer, and I'm going to close with that. It says, disturb us, Lord, when we are too pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true, come true because we dreamed too little, when we arrive safely because we sail too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wilder seas where storms will show your mastery, where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. And the mission of redeeming and restoring this beautiful broken world is still calling us, messing with us, inspiring us to join Jesus on his mission. It just takes a simple mindset change to know and trust that Jesus is already on the move and to join him as neighborhood missionaries, sharing the wealth of God's love with those that we come into contact with. And friends, I just want to say once again, this is the greatest adventure we can ever experience. So let's get out there and keep doing it. Amen.